Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 14 and verse 30. Now normally, even after all these years, I feel such pressure all week long about the next Sunday service. And then as the days grow closer, I feel it more and more and more. Even if I know what I'm going to speak, I feel a constant tightness in my stomach. And knowing that I wanted to get it just right. But I tell you, I didn't have the foggiest clue what I was going to preach even when I woke up this morning and uh, I just felt a peace about it and uh, I finally sat at my desk I was just there for a few seconds and knew this is what I was supposed to speak to you about today Matthew chapter 14 and verse 30 but when he saw the wind boisterous he was afraid and beginning to sink He didn't do it when he was first scared. He didn't call out until he's already going under. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, Wherefore, or why, did you doubt? Why did you doubt? I want to talk to you this morning for just a few minutes on the subject. The question after the storm. The question after the storm. Will you pray with me one more time? Jesus, we love you. And Lord, we thank you for the sweet touch of your spirit. We thank you, Lord, knowing that all things are in your hand and you never lose control, not for a moment, not for a second. Lord, we love you today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. I know without a doubt that I have preached on this portion of the scripture more than any other with the exception of Acts 2.38. And the reason for that is quite simple. It's my favorite. But there is a part of this event that I want to bring out to you this morning. You know, the saying that hindsight is 2020 uh, has become a cliche. But you know the things about cliches? They're often true. <laughs> hindsight really is 2020. Looking back, there is not just clarity, there is extreme clarity. And it's easy when you look back to see what went wrong and why. It's easy to see in hindsight how everything was going to work out. It's easy looking back. And the questions we ask on The other side of the storm are much different than the questions that we ask during the storm. Because 
you're looking back and you can see how God had it all under control. You know, the apostle Peter gets a bad rap. It's amazing. The guy who is the chief of the apostles. He's, he's not just an apostle. He is the chief apostle. He is the one given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He is the one that delivered the salvation message in Acts chapter 2. But people love to criticize Peter. Because his faults are always on display. For everyone to see. There's nothing hid about Peter. Peter had anger issues at times. Peter had doubt. Peter was carnal at moments. Peter had a violent streak. And we even read of him swearing. All of this happens, of course, before he's filled with the Holy Ghost. But even after Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost, there came a day where the Apostle Paul rebuked him to his face. Because Peter got concerned about what others may say. Peter's humanity is on display for everyone to see, but it's Peter's humanity that makes me love this guy so much. He was just a man. Rough around the edges, a thoroughly flawed human being. He gets angry, he gets discouraged, he shoots off his mouth. He has doubts, he has fear, and yet through it all, Peter loves the Lord with every fiber of his being. So much so that when his time on earth would come to an end, Peter, facing crucifixion, would ask that they would please crucify him upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die the way Jesus died. It's amazing. And it's through the apostle Peter's faults that we find such hope and encouragement. It's in his faults. But where people often criticize Peter the most, it's from this portion of scripture that we just read. Jesus has told the 12 apostles to go to the other side of Galilee. Now, this is an important thing to understand because Jesus does not make mistakes. And I wish I could get people to understand that. Jesus does not make mistakes. People make mistakes. People get off course. People mess up. But Jesus never makes mistakes. In every season of life, you have to remember, Jesus makes no mistakes. And Jesus tells them to go over. Now, if they had realized and paused just long enough to think about the fact, the upcoming storm would not have scared them the way it did if they would have just paid attention to the fact that Jesus said, go over they would have realized that it was impossible for them to go under. If Jesus says go over, there's no way that you can go under. It's not possible. He's the God of the universe. What he says goes. And he said, you guys go over. And they should have understood something right then, that no matter what came their way between this side and that side, nothing was ever going to make them sink. 
they were going to go over. If the boat went down, if they were there in the middle of the water, Jesus would have taken all 12 across dry shot because if he says go over, you cannot go under. They listen to some extent. They don't really register what he said, but they are doing what he commanded. They're doing what is right. They're doing what the Lord has told them to do. Not only that, but if you understand that this is a working class group of men, they are not wealthy. You have to understand they're sacrificing their time, their energy, and their money to do the will of the Lord. When they could be running their businesses, whether fishing or otherwise. And it's here, while they're doing the will of the Lord, that a storm comes into their life. They're not running from God like Jonah. They're not dragged somewhere like Paul. They are doing their best to follow the will of God. And yet in the middle of doing their best to serve Jesus, a storm comes. And it's not a little storm. And these aren't a bunch of land lovers from the Midwest like you and I. I was in the ocean twice. And both times I was scared out of my wits. <laughs> you don't have oceans in Ohio. <laughs> and Lake Erie's big, but it doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> And not only that, but if you're underwater in Ohio, you can't see anything. Water's brown in Ohio. It's not blue and see-through. And I was out there, and we found a little isolated place, and I thought I'd snorkel. And all of a sudden, the water starts pulling you out this way, and then it pulls you back. And then when you have a six-year-old scream underwater, I'm still amazed at the fact that he could actually scream underwater and I could hear it underwater. <laughs> electric eel, electric eel, and climb on your head like a raccoon drowning a hound dog. Found out that day I was a stronger swimmer than I ever expected. <laughs> I didn't like the water. Not used to it. These men aren't like that. These men grew up on the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee, while it would be called a lake here in America, it is called a sea there, and it's for a reason. It was a wild body of water and is a wild body of water where storms come in almost an instant. It's so unpredictable. Still happening to this day. And these men grew up on the boat. They grew up on that water. And they had been in a lot of storms before. But this is not like that. Not only are they trying to do the will of God. Not only are they trying to do what's right. And a storm comes. But it is the worst storm that they have ever been in and they are rowing with every ounce of strength in their body trying to make a little bit of headway in the storm trying to go the direction that Jesus sent them and the scripture says they were very afraid very afraid 
But it's while they're out there in the storm. It's while they're out there in the lightning and the waves that all of a sudden Jesus comes walking on the water. And you think, boy, that's reassuring. Not for these guys. They were beside themselves. They weren't thinking clearly. And one of them screams, a ghost! (laughs) That's what they say. A ghost! And someone says, no, it's not a ghost. It's Jesus. And they say, it's Jesus, it's ghost! (laughs) Read it. It's astounding. Jesus calls across the sea. What a voice our master must have had. You know, the scripture tells us he looked like an ordinary man, but when he spoke, there was something different because even his enemies said, never a man spoke like this man. And when he spoke, his voice carried over the wind. It carried over the thunder and the lightning. And the crashing of the waves. What a voice he must have had. And Jesus cries out, don't be afraid, it's just me. And there in terror, all except Peter. And while the others are clinging to the mast, strapping themselves to the boat, Peter looks out over the edge. If that's you, Jesus, call me out there with you. It's the most remarkable thing, I think, in Peter's life, except the day of Pentecost itself. It's where Peter's true nature is really revealed beyond all of the faults and the failures. It's in this moment we really see him. That while the other 11, there's only been 12 in all of history, and the other 11 are clinging on to the boat, Peter looks out and says, if you're out there, I want to be out there. Jesus isn't in another boat. He's standing on waves. And it's not placid. It's going up and down. There's lightning. There's wind. There's rain. There's thunder. And Peter says, if that's you, I want to be out there with you. And Jesus simply says, come. And the most insane thing happens. Peter listens. And he steps out over the boat. Think about that. You're on a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. There's a storm and you get out. (laughs) And then it gets even crazier. He's standing outside the boat and the water's standing firm underneath him. It's going up and down, but he's not sinking. It's waving him around like a giant waterbed, but he's not sinking. And then Peter gets crazier still. He lets go. Remarkable. He lets go. Let's go of what little security he had and just follows after Jesus. Steps out into the water, walking on stormy seas, waves rolling. He's being lifted up and down. 
And he is doing in that moment what no one has ever done before and as far as we know has never done again. He is walking on the water. He's going towards Jesus. His faith is strong. His trust is strong. His love for God is beyond abundant. He's doing not only the right thing, he's not only following the will of God, he is walking in faith. And he loves the Lord. But when he's almost there, and he doesn't know this, but the storm is just about to end. He's almost to Jesus. The storm's about to shut off. He's made it this far with his faith standing firm. But now, when it's almost over, he takes his eyes off Jesus. And he begins to look around. And as he looks around, the word of God says that he saw how strong the wind was blowing. He saw how big the waves were. He saw the lightning and the rain. He heard the thunder roll. And in that moment, when Peter becomes distracted by the noise of the storm, it's the noise of the storm. That's, it's amazing how boisterous it was. It was loud. When he got distracted by the storm, all of the sudden, he became afraid. Mind you, he's standing on water. He's not sinking. He's standing on water. Jesus is right there. But he gets distracted by the storm. And fear grips him. Creeps into his mind. And he begins to sink. Now, this is where everyone wants to criticize the great apostle. This is where everybody wants to be a Monday morning quarterback. Saying, well, I'd have done this. Everybody wants to criticize the fact that Peter got scared. But the truth is, Peter's trust was the greatest of them all. His faith was great. He was the only one that had enough faith to walk away from the boat in the middle of the storm, trusting God to make the water firm beneath his feet. He had faith. He loved his Lord, but he was a human being. And when he got his focus on the storm raging around him and took his eyes off Jesus, fear came into his heart and fear caused him to sink. But he's not done yet. Because while he's slipping beneath the waves. I've had a picture in my mind for years. It's that greenish blue water in the dark at night. And you just see that big calloused fisherman's hands. Just a few fingertips sticking above the waves. He's just about to drown. And all of a sudden he lunges up and screams, Jesus! Help me. While he's sinking, 
he calls out. When it's all about to end, he calls out to the Lord. He didn't wait too long, but before his life slipped from him, before all the dreams ended, before he gave up on it all, he called out to the Lord one more time, and the scripture says immediately Jesus grabbed him. Just, he was there, and all of a sudden Jesus is right. It didn't take a second. It didn't take a minute. Didn't have to wait a while. The moment he called out, Jesus, help me. Jesus grabbed him by the hand and pulled him back up out of that storm. Picks him up. Stands him back on the water that he was just sinking in. Think about that. Stands him back up on the water that he's just sinking in. And they begin to walk back together and Jesus looks at him and asks him a question. Why did you doubt? After all this time, after you almost made it to me, when the storm was just about to end, why did you doubt? Jesus walks him back to the boat, and the moment they step in, the moment their feet touch that boat again, the storm stops. The clouds disappear. The sea is tranquil and calm. There's no rain, and the stars shine in the sky. He was this close. And the gospel of Mark tells us that they were very amazed. They were amazed beyond measure. Why did you doubt? You were almost there. That's the question on the other side of the storm. Why did you doubt? And as they're standing there, on that waterlogged boat in the middle of a perfectly calm sea, Jesus proceeds to explain why Peter sank and why the others were so scared. It's in Mark 6.52. It says, because they did not consider the miracle of the fish and loaves. That's why they were scared. That's why Peter began to sink. Because in the middle of the storm, they forgot that Jesus had always taken care of them. They forgot that Jesus knew how to bend the laws of nature itself. The entire world must bend itself to his will. In the storm, they became distracted and forgot how they had just, just happened experienced a miracle. But it's easy for us to see from the other side. When we hear, when here we are, long after that stormy night on Galilee has been gone for 2,000 some odd years, it's easy from our perspective to look back and see that there was no reason to worry that Jesus had it all under control. Peter was never going to drown. The ship was never going to sink. Jesus was in control the entire time. 
But that night, in the middle of it all, when Peter saw how severe the storm was, his faith faltered. Yes, he should have known better. He should have trusted. But he was human. And in the heat of the moment, he allowed fear to take control. When Jesus picked him up, calmed the storm, he just asked a question. Why did you doubt? Even after God had miraculously provided for them, given them direction, the distraction of the wind and the waves caused them to lose sight of who was in charge. And it can happen to you and I when you know that God has miraculously provided for you in the past, when he has given you a direction to follow. When you get in the middle of the storm, if you are not careful, the raging wind and waves can cause you to lose sight of who has everything in control. Fear can make you feel like you are sinking without any hope of ever rising again. But I want someone to know this morning, the storm will pass. It will not stay forever. And when you get to the other side, there's going to be a question that you ask yourself. And it isn't going to be, why did this happen? It isn't going to be, what did it, why did it take so long? The question you ask yourself when you get to the other side. If you kept on walking with Jesus, kept on trusting, kept on reaching out to him, the question on the other side of the storm will be for you what it was for Peter. Why did I ever doubt? Why did I ever doubt? When he's taken care of me every step of my life. When he's provided time and time again. When he's been there in my time of trouble before and since. When we get to the other side of the storm. And God's plan and God's will has been accomplished in our lives. The question we're going to ask ourselves on the other side is why did I ever doubt? I want you to know this morning, somebody needs to hear me. You are almost on the other side. The storm is almost over. Don't lose faith now. God is still in control. Don't lose faith now. Keep on walking. Keep on trusting him. Maybe you have started to lose faith. Maybe you're just about to sink and it's all over for you. I'm telling you this morning, you need to cry out one more time. Jesus, help me and let God pick you up and carry you back to your destiny. God is still in control. God is still in control. It's amazing to me just how human humans are. Been on my mind about the children of Israel all week. You read about them. They're constantly losing faith and wanting to go back to Egypt. And if you read it, you have to understand something. They're in the middle of the desert. They drink water that flows out of a rock. Well, maybe they explain that away. Oh, it must be a natural spring. Of course, it follows them, the scripture said, but they ignore that. 
every morning when they walk outside, there's fresh bread laying on the ground. Right from God's oven. Every morning. And not only that, but they're standing under a pillar of cloud that is the angel of the Lord, the scripture says. It's actually an angel of God in the form of a cloud. Standing over them, they can look up and see it, and it protects them. They spend every single day standing in the shade. In the desert. And if you know anything about deserts, deserts get freezing cold at night. There's nothing to retain the heat. And so when the sun goes down and it begins to get cold, the pillar of cloud turns into a giant ball of fire, and they have central heat. They are cool all day long, and they are warm all night long. They eat miracle bread. They drink miracle water. Their clothes never get worn out. It doesn't matter how many times they wash them. They always look like brand new. The shoes never lose their tread. The leather never gets thin. Everything about their life is a miracle. And yet time and time again, they get mad that it's not happening when they think it ought to happen and they want to turn around and go back into Egypt but when they got to the other side of Jordan and they're stacking up the stones and someone says hey Josh what's the stones for he said, because there's going to be a day your grandbabies come and say, what do these rocks mean? And you're going to tell them how God took us out of Egypt, how God provided for us in a desert place, how God was with us every step of the way. When they got to the other side, the question was so easy. Why were we ever afraid when he's been with us the entire time? I want you to know this morning, if you will keep on walking with the Lord, the questions you ask on the other side of the storm will not be, why me? Why did I have to go through that? The question you ask when you get to the other side is going to be so simple. It's going to be, why did I ever doubt? What was I scared of? He was with me every step of the way. I want you to know this morning, Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life. And if you will walk in his direction, follow his commands, he is going to take care of you every step of the way. The question on the other side of the storm is, what was I so scared of? Why did I ever doubt? Stand with me this morning. I can tell you firsthand, I have been in many a storm in my life. There's times everything inside of me screamed I wasn't going to make it through. But I watched time and time again as Jesus stepped on the scene. And when it looked like everything was over, God just made a way when they said there was no way. When the doctor said there was no more that they could do, Jesus stepped in. When the lawyer said there was no more they could do, Jesus stepped in. When there was no decision I could make that was going to fix the problem, Jesus stepped in. 
stepped in. And being on the other side of many a storm, I can tell you it's always the same. What was I so scared of? Jesus was with me every step of the way. Keep on reaching. Keep on trusting in the Lord. He is going to take care of you. Lift your hands and your voices with me right now. Jesus.